is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. As so many residents in around the city of Detroit continue to grapple with this devastating aftermath of the flooding from two weeks ago, I want to shift gears here and spend the rest of the hour taking stock of where Detroiters are in sorting through the wreckage and cleanup from that flooding. We know that there was damage all around the metro area from those storms, but I'm not sure that everybody understands that the impact of that damage and the extent of that damage in parts of the city that are the most vulnerable, some of the poorest areas of Detroit, was even more devastating than it was in other places. So were you one of the people who was affected by this flooding? Did it destroy your basement and the things in it? Did it maybe sweep away your car, which is something that happened in lots of places? And were you able to get any cleanup support or supplies from the city if you were affected? What questions are still unanswered in your mind about this incident? And are you concerned about the likelihood of more flooding as climate crisis continues to change the way that these storms affect our lives. There is no question that we are in for more of this with more frequency and more intensity as we get further into this century. Orlando Bailey is the co-host of a podcast called Authentically Detroit, and he's also the engagement director of Bridge Detroit. And in both of those roles, he's been spending a lot of time lately talking with city residents about their reactions to the intense flooding and how they're starting to move forward. Orlando Bailey joins me now to talk about what he's hearing. Orlando, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for having me. So let's start with just what you have been hearing from residents. Your episode of Authentically Detroit last week featured a number of Detroiters who were talking about what happened to them and how they are trying to get to a better place uh, after the damage. Give us a sense of what they're telling you. Yeah, uh, nothing short of devastation uh, and uh, and crisis, uh, to be honest with you. We were talking about um, a metropolitan Detroit community that, you know, the media income is around $27,000 a year, right? And there's not a lot of wiggle room for people to replace hot water heaters or to replace their cars or to replace, you know, washers um, and dryers and things of that sort. So people are very compounded with the pandemic, very frustrated and traumatized by, you know, the recent flood events and are having to salvage what they can, but also do away with what is unsalvageable, especially in basements um, on the east side. We've spoken with uh, residents who are residents in Jefferson Chalmers, you know, near in the, in the floodplain. And the devastation there is so palpable. We spoke with one resident who has a son who does at-home dialysis treatments, right? And so the flooding and the sewage backups and the smell and the potential mold, she's very worried about the short-term health effects uh, that her son would have to deal with uh, while being at home and trying to figure out how to gather and garner resources to remedy some of the issues that she is seeing in her home uh, two weeks later. It really is uh, 
Um, it really is an outsized uh, uh, event that has traumatized and is further, you know, stripping of, you know, stripping the wealth from homeowners even, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So people can't uh, uh, get a accurate assessment on their home now. Their finished basement is no longer finished, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there, there are so many factors that we have to think about when we talk about the recent flood event and its uh, disadvantageous effect on residents. Yeah. So, so I want to have you talk just a little about uh, your relationship to the people on the east side of Detroit. Uh, you're someone who grew up on the east side and someone who worked for a very long time uh, in the community building space on the east side, uh, most recently with the east side community network. Um, talk about why this is so important in that part of town, the things that people in that community face that lots of other people don't. And that even more important, I think, uh, lots of people who aren't from there or who don't spend time there never see and never hear about. Uh, it, it really is a place that gets overlooked uh, when we talk about uh, these kinds of uh, these kinds of events and and the effect that they have on people's lives. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a neighborhood and a place where folks have been jumping up and down for years, telling the powers that be, "Hey, we want you to see us and see what we're going through over here." Uh, in the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood, my great grandparents bought a home over there in the 1940s, and that home has been in our family for four generations and is still in our family. My aunt has all of her appliances and everything in her basement elevated from the 2014 flood. And so that's an area that has seen massive flooding from the 2014 flood. If you were around in 2018 and 2019, you saw rising sea levels that produce a tremendous amount of flooding. And in my position as uh, chief development officer at Eastside Community Network, when it would rain, when it would be raining outside, or when there was a prediction of storms, my phone was ringing off the hook from residents in this neighborhood, scared. Right, mm. rain in Detroit is a trigger for certain residents because they don't know if they're going to lose their homes, some of their valuables, or if their basements are going to flood. How can you imagine? I want your listeners to imagine their heart stopping every time it rains outside. That's no way to live. That's no way to live. And so residents in this area have been jumping up and down, trying to get the attention of uh, city government, regional government, state government, whomever will listen to Look at infrastructure, right? This is an area that is right next to the river. This is an area that's on a floodplain. And we can't, we can no longer say that climate change is the sole reason to blame. No, we've known climate change has been here. We've known that it's coming. We have to exercise responsibility. Government has to exercise responsibility in taking care of the folks who would be most disparately affected by storms like we recently saw. Mm. I'm talking with Orlando Bailey. He is the co-host of the Authentically Detroit podcast and the engagement director for Bridge Detroit. We're talking about the conversations he has been having in the last few weeks in the wake of those devastating storms and the floods that they brought with them, uh, the effect that they're having on some of the most vulnerable people 
here in the city of Detroit. Of course, look, everybody was affected in some way by the storm. Uh, even I had water in my basement, just a little bit, uh, not that much. Thank, thank God. Uh, but uh, it's different for a lot of the population in this city. Uh, the extent of the damage is different, and the consequences of that damage, uh, the inability of uh, people who live in poverty to deal with this kind of damage, uh, to recover from it, uh, to retain the value of maybe the one asset that they have in life, which is their home. Uh, we want to hear from folks who are experiencing this and trying to get through it right now. Uh, give us a call. Let us know what was happening in your home over the last week. Uh, do you have water in the basement? Uh, do you have water in some other part of your house? And what does the damage mean? Uh, what does it mean in terms of trying to clean it up? What does it mean in, time, in terms of trying to repair uh, a home that was damaged by all of this? Uh, and we also want to hear from folks about what role the city's playing in all of this. How helpful has the city been in helping you clean up this mess? And how helpful do you expect the city to be uh, in repairing some of the damage? Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to include you in the program uh, that way. Uh, I want to go to uh, a caller who uh, who was on Authentically Detroit uh, last week with Orlando talking about uh, what was happening to her. Uh, Tania Green is a lifelong resident of the Jefferson Chalmers community, and she's got a son who is uh, on dialysis, and he gets those treatments at home. And she says that she's worried about the short-term health effects of the sewage odor coming from her basement. Uh, she is also only 4 feet 11 tall and says that the water in her basement was up to her shoulder, something that is just uh, unimaginable. Uh, Tania, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Can you tell us about what you've been dealing with in the last week? Well, I've had to, um, it took three, three, actually three days to clean my, uh, my basement out, um, from all the, uh, the damage that it, it, it done. Uh, and also my, uh, son's supplies, uh, for his dialysis, dialysis treatment, uh, was damaged in the rain. So I actually had to, you know, um, look, seek for help uh, getting all the um, damaged uh, items out of my basement. Uh, I had to search up and down the street looking for help. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, people tell you, well, FEMA's coming or help is coming, but my son is on dialysis. Everything has to be sterile and clean. Mm. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, wait for help. I had to seek help for myself. So it actually took us three days to get um, all the items out, the damaged items out, and I also had to um, had to have my basement um, power washed because of the 
sewer uh, smell that was coming up out of uh, that basement. It was horrific. I've been in this house. Uh, I'm 60 years old. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in this house on Algonquin. In all my years, I've never experienced anything like this. We have had flood damage. We have had flood damage. But to this degree, I've never experienced anything like this. So, so, uh, so Tania, yes. tell me what, what the next weeks and months look like for you in terms of trying to repair the damage that's done. How, how are you going to do that? Well, I have uh, um, my, uh, my, uh, my brother. I have one brother, uh, which uh, is going to help me uh, uh, replace uh, my items. Uh, so far, I've had to replace my hot water tank because that, was, that went out. Um, and uh, wash machine and dryer, I have to replace that because everything, uh, as I was saying, uh, my son uh, is doing dialysis at home, and everything has to be sterile. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the air, uh, uh, the, uh, have, we have to have clean fans, uh, blowing. Uh, every Everything in this house has to be sterile from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So I, I just couldn't I couldn't wait on uh I couldn't wait on uh, uh FEMA or uh the city to come out and uh help. I, I had to I had to get out there and I had to make some some moves quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's it's been you know, it's been devast- very devastating. Uh, all our uh, all our um our winter items has been destroyed. Wow. My family pictures, my father's wow. pictures from World War II has been destroyed. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tania, I really appreciate uh, you calling in and sharing your, your, your story. I'm really sorry uh, that this happened, and uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, your brother is able to help and put things back together, but, but I'm also... Uh, wondering what else there might be available for people in your situation. Well, how can we do this uh, better than uh, but then making you kind of fend for yourself here? But uh, I really do appreciate appreciate the call. I want to go to another voice here. Uh, Joel Harris is the director of sustainability for the city of Detroit. Uh, Joel, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, go ahead, Joel. So, um, I, my heart goes out to everyone who's lost so much in this flooding. It's been terrible. I've had family members as well um, that have been severely impacted. So I just want to let folks know um, we are embarking on a, a climate strategy uh, so that we can be better prepared for events such as this flooding event in the future. Um, and we're we're doing a number of things to um, ensure that we're better prepared. We're <clears throat> doing a um, climate vulnerability assessment to really understand which neighborhoods are the most um, sensitive and least adapted for climate impacts such as the flooding. Um, And we're also identifying critical city facilities and making resiliency recommendations such that so that 
uh, these issues are, are much less likely to, to occur in the future. Mm. And we're also integrating equity throughout that yeah. um, through a climate equity advisory council and actually several folks with involved in um, Eastside Community Network are, are part of that. But um, and so those are some things that we're we are working on and we're obviously working actively with both Gliwa and the and the water department on those. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I really do appreciate you calling in and sharing what the city is is doing. Uh, it's an important perspective to add to the conversation. So so, so thanks for the call. Um, but Orlando, Bailey, I want to have you respond to what Joel is saying, because one of the things that I hear in the voices of the people who were talking to you on Authentically Detroit is that they don't feel like the city is responding uh, the right way or, or enough to this problem. Yeah, there was a, you know, a, a feeling of indifference uh, on part of uh, our municipal leadership and even our, our state leadership when uh, they gave a press conference and sort of, you know, kicked the can down the road and blame climate change and sort of uh, indirectly tried to absolve uh, themselves of any kind of real um, responsibility. I appreciate Joe uh, Harani Harris. He's a friend. I've worked with him when I was at Eastside Community Network and mm-hmm. all of the strides that he's making in the Department of Sustainability. But I want to hear from the city uh, movement of resources. I am going to say it again that this last flood is crisis level for so many people. We have the potential for people to go through a hot summer without air conditioning, to go through winter without a hot water heater, and not to mention the uh, disparate health effects and outcomes that this could cause. We need to hear more about the movement of resources. So Tania Green was talking about uh, going to her brother for help. What about folks who don't have a brother that is... Uh, well-off that can help uh, replace these items. We're hearing about uh, folks filing claims with DWSD and uh, documenting all of their damages uh, with pictures and things of that sort. And I'm encouraging people to do that. Uh, and But we're also hearing this word reimbursement. And I want, I want to once again say that in a city with a median income of about $27,000, where's that upfront capital going to come from to replace these things mm-hmm. if people can't afford it, right? Where is the movement and the urgency of resources for this crisis? FEMA will be here on Thursday. I want to let people know in the city of Detroit, because I know how we are, answer your doors <laughs> if somebody <laughs> knocks on your door. FEMA will be canvassing here starting Thursday and probably for the next few days. Go to the door, answer it, and let those folks in to assess the damages so that the movement of resources can begin to flow. This is urgent. This is crisis level, and it is being compounded by already disparate social determinants of health. It's being compounded by COVID, and it's being compounded with poverty. We have to do something now. Orlando Bailey, co-host of the Authentically Detroit podcast and engagement director for Bridge Detroit. Always great to have you here and to hear the things that you are hearing out in the community. Thanks so much for joining the show. That's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with author Matt Haig about his newest book titled The Comfort Book. It's a collection of essays and tidbits full of hope and new ways of seeing ourselves in the world in this pivotal moment. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.